while ago while I was doing my um, MBA thesis. I'm not sure we can call it that, but I was working on some kind of hypothesis. And towards, uh, towards the end of that year, I had to put down in words some pretty important things as to, you know, what are you really trying to do here? And I wrote in that letter to myself, I saved a word. And of course, what does save the word mean? At that time, I was still in this kind of bubble of thinking you can save the world. And I meant it from a sustainability or environmental perspective. When I wrote the word, I didn't write the world, and that may have been a Freudian slip. And now five years later, more than five years, probably something like 5.55 years later, I'm looking back and adding some context for song and even melody to my rhetoric findings, to my beliefs about where we have now landed, and I don't think that any one person can actually save the world, even the notion of it is ridiculous, preposterous, absurd. Certainly when you start to layer on things like the interconnectedness of things and theology and economics and the various systems at bay. And therefore, I now look at it as, yes, saving the words is much more feasible, but what does it mean to save the word? What word? All words? Do all words ever imagine need saving? Which word is most important? And is it just about the word or is it about the meaning of the word? And how does the meaning of a word come to light? For example, if I use the word love towards my child, is that word ultimately meaningful in that sense where my actions are in alignment with what that word conveys? And do I even have enough knowledge of the meaning of the word and its intentionality to put in place a set of actions that are corresponding? Which take us into this notion of word versus action and what is the difference between intent and behavior? And where is there a potential breakdown? Is it pure hypocrisy or narcissism, or lack of understanding? Is there something else going on? In our work, what we highlighted is that notion of dissonance, cognitive dissonance, moral dissonance. Ultimately, it means when the actions of a person or an entity 
not appear aligned with the words being used either in spoken language or in written language. And that certainly applies to sustainability reports, but it applies to marketing much more broadly. So now when I go back to all of these pieces of song that I've accumulated along the way and some of the words I've put on paper and even spoken out loud, and I was having this conversation earlier, it almost does seem like I'm living a life as if my every waking thought or action was was being watched. But watched by whom? By a superpower, AI type of system such as, for example, the one recording me right now, or the one in my Tesla, which is there, hypothetically speaking, for my own protection, and that of those around me. motorcycle. Is the motorcycle Well, that's all I have for now because that just covers two songs which I've been story that I wrote with prompts using GPT-4. And we'll see. Chapter 1. Once upon a time, in the lavish forest of India, a unique and precious baby girl was born. Her parents named her Era, drawn from the ancient language of Sanskrit, meaning Earth. Era was cherished and loved not just by her parents, but by every creature in the forest as well. She had a deep connection with everything existing around her, both living and inanimate. From the large towering trees that shook under the wind's song to the tiny pebbles whispering stories of Era's past, everything seemed to communicate with her. Era, true to her name, shared a unique bond with the earth. Her parents observed this strong connection and nourished it by teaching her about the various trees, plants, animals, and their role in the ecosystem. Era grew up to be deeply respectful of nature and took it upon herself to safeguard and nurture it just as it had nurtured her. Hera's love for the earth wasn't just a hobby, it was her calling. She dedicated herself to learning about the land's healing power, how it can give and take life. This knowledge wasn't purely academic. She used it to help her fellow villagers. If a farmer's crop suffered, she'd be there, advising on the ideal time to sow and harvest. If an herb was needed for medicine, Hera knew where to find it. Hera's story is one of love and respect for the earth, 
Her life was a testament to her name, highlighting her profound bond with the earth. Above all, it showcased that when we treat the earth with respect and love it deserves, it reciprocates with abundant blessings upon us. Chapter 2 Eros, in Greek mythology, is known as the god of love. His name is the root for words like erotic, embodying both love and sexual desire. Eros was considered one of the primordial gods, a being who emerged out of chaos, the yawning void from which all life sprang. Several ancient texts provide different accounts of his parentage. According to Hesiod's Theogony, one of the earliest texts, Eros is a primordial god born from chaos itself, along with Gaia, the earth, and Tartarus, the underworld. His role was to bring harmony, kindling love, and allowing procreation, thereby ending the void and loneliness of chaos. Yet, others, including later Greek poets like Sappho, portray Athos as the son of Aphrodite, the goddess of love and beauty. The depiction is perhaps more commonly known. In some versions, Eros was born from the union of Aphrodite's and Ares, the god of war. Eros thus embodies the paradigm that love can flourish even amidst strife. The Roman counterpart of Eros is Cupid, who is often depicted as a chubby winged infant wielding a bow and arrow. In contrast, the Greek Eros originally was depicted as a beautiful, slender youth with wings similar to an angel in modern representations. His arrows, according to myth, had the power to infuse love or indifference into the hearts of gods and humans alike. His four arrows had different effects. Gold to stir love, lead to create aversion, and the effects of silver and iron arrows fell somewhere in between. Arrows plays a central role in several myths and stories, but one of the most famous tales is his love story with Psyche, a mortal woman of extraordinary beauty. This union and his trials demonstrate Eros' deep capacity for love, shedding light on his multifaceted character. Chapter 3. Choice versus Decision In a timeless realm beyond our comprehension, decision and choice were once celestial beings known as Eros and Era. Having witnessed the boundless possibilities of love on Earth, they chose to reincarnate, reincarnate as decision and choice, elemental forces steering the course of humanity. In unison, they drafted a pact that they would reunite on Earth to guide humanity towards enlightened choices and wise decisions. However, a twist of destiny disrupted their plans. Choice, formerly known as Era, was deeply entranced by humanity's potential for love. The, capa- the, 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 the capability of these mortal beings to hold immense love, kindness, and compassion stirred something within her. The idea of leaving this remarkable species of parting from the love story she had come to cherish was unthinkable to her. She decided to stay on Earth, breaking their pact of reunion. Her allure for the expression of human love was now her new purpose, to guide mortals in making choices that would reveal their hidden capacities for love. Decision, the former Arrows, arrived on Earth as arranged. He was disappointed to discover Choice had decided to break their pact. Confused, he sought his own beloved, trying to understand her motives. When he found her lost in her observation of human interactions, he watched in silence as the familiar spark in her eyes glowed brighter than ever. He learned her laughter. He heard it echo 
as a young man chose to buy flowers for his beloved instead of spending his last dollars on the video game. He saw her eyes glisten with tears as an old woman decided to feed a stray dog despite her meager resources. Decision understood then. He saw the beauty, allure, and tenderness which entranced Joyce. But it was not the individual act of love that moved him. It was the very potential of love in each human being's choices, decisions, and actions that truly touched his heart. Decision realized the magnitude of their roles. As decision and choice, they weren't just guiding humanity. They were the silent partners, aiding humanity to reach their potential for boundless love and compassion. And so decision and choice ceaselessly work, not foreseeing to reunite, but opening ways for mankind to revel in the magnificent orchestra of love, guiding each soul towards their potential, where love is not just a choice, but a decision. Chapter 4 The story of Eros and Era is an unknown myth in the Greek canon, as Era isn't a recognized Greek deity or character. Her name in the story comes from the Sanskrit. Greek mythology does, however, contain a rich love story about Eros and Psyche. Perhaps you might have heard of it. So I'll create a story of Eros and Psyche intertwining the nostalgic theme song, Que sera, sera. In a time where humans were mere chess pieces in the hands of the gods, lived Psyche, a mortal of unparalleled beauty. Eros, the Greek god of love, was stricken by her charm. The theme, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, echoes through their tale like a profound prophecy, reflecting their surrender to fate. In their first meeting, Eros invisibly struck Psyche with an arrow of irresistible love. As relevant with the song's verse, when I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Psyche is destined for a path beyond the ordinary. Instead of marrying a man, she swept away to a mysterious lover's palace, Eros, a beat concealed in the cloak of secrecy. The story takes a dire turn, echoing the song's verse. Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? A foreboding oracle reveals Psyche will marry a monster that neither gods nor men can resist. From the shadows, Eros becomes her husband, and she falls deeply in love with him despite never seeing his face. Eros plans to keep his divine identity a secret forever, a testament to the song's line, the future is not ours to see. However, Psyche's curiosity gets the better of her. Upon unveiling Eros' divine beauty, divine retribution is swift. The lovers are separated by godly decree, a heartbreaking rehearsal of the theme song's line, what will be, will be. Punished and mortal, Psyche undergoes trials set by Aphrodite, Eros' mother. Fueled by her longing for Eros, Psyche faces each trial bravely. In each tribulation, the lyrics echo, Kesera, Sera. Ultimately, love prevails. Witnessing Psyche's resilience and Eros' unwavering love, Zeus, the chief god, intervenes. Psyche is granted immortality, reuniting the lovers and making their bond unbreakable. The song reverberates, the future is not ours to see. Sera, sera. Psyche and Eros' story become, becomes one of enduring love, patience, persistence, a testament to the song spirit, sera, sera, reminding us that the future isn't certain, but love can conquer the trials of the gods and time.